change your rhythm, change your life. Hypnotic Rhythm Podcast. Welcome back to the Hypnotic Rhythm Podcast, the podcast about all things hypnosis. I'm Craig Peshek, and I'm here with Larry Garrett, the 50 years experienced hypnotist, author, good friend, and all-around great guy. Welcome, Larry. How are you today? I sound impressive. Imagine somebody doing the same thing for 50 years. He has to be bored by now. I remember when I was in my 20s, I'd say, I'd never work behind a desk. <laughs> I would like to be an outside construction or driving a truck or something. And Where did this come from? 50 years of sitting behind a desk. I love it. And you're making changes in the world, helping people make you know, their lives I better. I just told my dental assistant that a little while ago. I said, you know, it's, I feel like I'm planting a seed with every person I meet. You know, I could go do groups, but I don't know if I'm reaching all of everybody in a group. But each person I sit with, I'm reaching that person. I'm planting a seed to make this world better. Now, it might not be in my time, but I have a feeling that seed by seed we plant, we'll have a nice crop. Like I remember when I was in high school or maybe even in grammar school, they play that video of the kid walking down the beach, picking up the starfish and throwing the starfish in, right? And the other kid walks up and says, there's thousands of them out here. You can't help them all. What are you, why are you doing this? And the kid goes, well, I can help this one. And, you help and this he throws one. it back in. That's yeah. what I feel too. So one at a time. One at a time. One at a time. And I'm sure that somehow those seeds out there in the world are past 50 some years are doing some good things. What happens after they've been hypnotized? Well, you're looking at one of the seeds, Larry. I there am you. one of your <laughs> seeds, you. right? Uh, the first time you hypnotized me was 20-something years ago. Ooh. And Ooh. Uh, here I am today helping other people because it helped me so much in my life. Yeah. So it's, it's a great a name thing. and a game for everybody, you know. Yeah. And we hear everybody, everybody who gets themselves involved. And uh, actually, I told your client that last night. I said, I told her that we met a long time ago and, and I says, it's just a matter of you being here right now, you feeling good, leaving here feeling good, and we've accomplished our goal. So now who knows? And I told her, I says, how you got into hypnosis? Because I said, same as me, same as many others here in this office. I was hypnotized, and I said, whoa, what could I do with this? And I mentor towards other people as well. Yeah, so what a great experience, hypnosis, especially the first time. First time. I was thinking about that on the way here, on the drive here. I got a long drive here. And on the way here, as we're coming to you from the Garrett Wellness Center on Kimball Avenue on the north side of Chicago. A wonderful experience to be here as a client and as a hypnotist. But I, on my drive here, I was thinking about the first time you hypnotized me. Oh. We kind of left the last podcast with a provoking thought for everyone. As why don't we take care of ourselves first? We're talking about mm -hmm. on the airplane, the masks come down, the instruction always is put your mask mm -hmm. on first before you help anyone else. So I was thinking about that on the way here, and I remember the emergence or closing or conclusion of my first session, I felt like I was flying over a river. Right, right. Yeah, and it, like euphoria. Yeah, yeah. and it was... I'll make it a little dorky, but I felt like I was Harry Potter yeah. flying on a good, broom. Good and it was kind of the, the, the vision that yeah. I, I don't know if I had just seen a Harry Potter movie with my daughter yeah. back then. Yeah, it was it was really cool. And I remember just like moving over the, the river and turning with the banks of the river. And it was just such a cool experience. During the hypnosis. Coming out of it. Coming and out the of emergence, it. yeah, and the closing part of it. Yeah. And I remember I just amazing like that i still think about that and it, the feeling takes me back to that experience it was just a great mm. first experience that's one of the things that brought me to this point in my life is such wonderful experiences with a hypnotist that i identified with mm -hmm. right there's people who've gone to hypnotists didn't have good experiences mm -hmm. and it's not because the hypnosis wasn't a good experience it's because they didn't connect properly with the right mm -hmm. person i agree and there may be people who don't connect properly with you or i mm -hmm. i know we go to great lengths to make sure that people do connect with i us. always say if they don't like me they don't know me <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not like ego <laughs> no, not, if, not if it's true so we, we're not there yet but when we get to the part of why we don't take care of ourselves. We discussed that at our first Sunday Circle meeting at Zoom. And I missed it. Yeah, it was good. We I, were discussing why don't we take care of ourselves. I know why. So let's start there. Let's start there with, with why don't we take care of That's the provoking thought that we left everyone with last time. So let's start there. What, what was the kind of the conversation about that? So, so I, I made it up. I, you know, I like to always get into things and make something up. And I say, well, because when we're younger, we're not allowed to say how great we are. 
we don't have this ability to say, I'm good. You know, I'm really good at what I do. You know, I ride my bike better than anybody in the neighborhood. We can't do that. Because we're told that if we act like that, we people will think we're conceited. And if people think we're conceited, then people won't like us. And if people don't like us, then we'll be all alone. We want people to like us, don't we? So if we want people to like us, then we can't be conceited. The dichotomy there is we walk around as a downer. Who likes downers? Yeah. I would rather like somebody like yourself or myself. Yes, I'm good at what I do. Yes. Isn't that the way the most successful people look at it? Don't most successful people think that way? I mean, look yeah. at professional athletes. Yeah. They score a touchdown and they dance in the end zone. Like it, they're yeah. basically saying, I am the best. Yeah. Look at me, look at me. So I think it's a, it's a healthy thing. To it's have. a healthy thing. Why can't some people do it? Yeah. Because they're, somebody threw out the Sunday meeting because of modesty. Oh, what do you mean modesty? I could still be the best and be modest. I don't have to be an egotistical maniac. But I could say that I'm really good at what I do. I'm a great person. I'm a good hypnotist. I am a great dog lover. You know, I, I know that I'm good at these things. So what am I bad at? I don't know. I haven't done anything, any of those things lately. Mm-hmm. But if I go back in time, it was easy to say, oh, I don't do that well. That never works for me. I don't know how to do that. So I was bad at everything. Yeah, and I think that there's always there's a healthiness to being confident to having self-confidence and then there's a level that it's okay that's too much like everyone's crap stinks right like cassius clay i I don't know okay but he walked the walk and talked the talk you know just like mike tyson too i was talking about fire and speaking of mike tyson i don't know if i ever brought this up but do you know that mike tyson was hypnotized that's one of there's a great story i heard it on joe rogan and then i went Uh and researched it a little bit but mike tyson was hypnotized not the kind of hypnosis we do like he was hypnotized to you're a beast you can kill people you can tear people up but at a very young age he started to use hypnosis and a lot of professional athletes use hypnosis and it's not the message that you and i would hypnotize Mm. someone with but it hypnosis works when professional Mm. athletes use it someone as accomplished as mike tyson in his profession Mm -hmm. uh, like him or don't like him for for whatever other reason but as a boxer he's probably the greatest boxer for a short period of time so see for for me sports and politics are similar because if you like one person then you might not must not be so good because you shouldn't like that person you know uh-huh. Right. But you just said about Mike Tyson. I don't even, you know, I don't know who these guys are. I just know Cassius Clay because it was mm-hmm. my time. It was a big thing of him saying, I'm the best. I'm the best. Yeah. Good for him. He was Good the best. Him. He was the he best. He was the yeah. best, yeah. Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Cassius Ali. Clay became Muhammad Ali for those youngsters yeah. who may not know that. Oh, that's right. That's Muhammad right. Ali. Yeah. So a good amount of self-confidence is healthy, or a healthy amount of self-confidence, I should say, is good. But then you can take it over the line. First Sunday meeting is a meeting that you've had with people who want to improve their lives that you started over 48 years ago. Yeah, and long you've time ago. almost never missed a meeting, or you've I never don't don't know. I don't think I've missed many. Okay, no, no. and not you personally. I mean, like yeah. this has been an ongoing yeah. first Sunday of mm-hmm. the month for over 48 sure. years. You know, I become devoted to what I do. I would like to say the word obsessed, but then the word obsessed almost has a connotation of negativity, sure. just like ego, right? Just Same like ego, mm-hmm. yeah. So I want to say devoted. So I've become devoted to sharing with people that life could be better. Now, just like you say about uh, Muhammad Ali, walk the talk. So you can't argue with that. And and this is what I feel about myself. I walk the talk. So no matter what people might say, it works for me. Mm -hmm. So if it works for me, then I am devoted to sharing it with everybody who would be interested. And I often say about our Sunday Zoom meetings or our Sunday meetings, we meet in person uh, except for December, January, taking a break, but otherwise we're in person and Zoom. And that is when we're finished, I've often said, we don't know what happened, but you'll leave feeling better. Yeah. And the reason you leave feeling better is because the chitter-chatter we're doing is all positive. Nobody, I can't think of many people, sit here and talk about how terrible life is. Mm-hmm. We're talking about great things. Yeah, no, they come here to feel good. Come here and to feel good. they come here to share that feeling. Mm-hmm. On Zoom now, I think during COVID, you kind of started the Zoom thing when uh, everything was on lockdown. But uh, you've kind of carried it over now so that you have a mix of, of yes. Zoom and in person. But yeah. for the next couple of months, you're yeah. just doing I don't want to lose those people from the other countries. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it's great. Right. We have people yeah. from Japan that yeah. join us. That's right. People from uh, I Mexico, think Mexico, Italy, Venezuela, Italy. France. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
So yeah, we have. From Germany? And uh, speaking of Japan, you know, my book has been published now in Japan. Which book? Healing the Enemy. Healing the Enemy. In Japan. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. See, and we yeah. spoke about you being world-renowned last time, and you <laughs> left out a number of places you hypnotized people and visited. Yeah. So you didn't have the proper ego last time <laughs> when we were talking about well, this. Well, you know, sometimes people say, well, tell me some of the things you've done. It's not even about ego. It's just this is my life. My mm -hmm. life seems to open the doors for grand experiences. That's a good word. Yes. And it continues. So I don't want to stop my life yet because I figure I have a many years ago of grand experiences. But when you think about some of the things that I've been through, again, excluding ego, not many people could come close to touching some of those, even the idea of meeting two women from Japan who fall in love with my book and say, Could, do you mind if we translate it? No, be my guest. Was that luck? Let's call that luck, or let's call it manifesting. You know, we're going to talk about manifesting on next, next month's month. episode, yeah, because we're going to give you some wonderful advice on how to live 2023 the best way possible in a positive way. So we're going to talk about manifesting. We're going to talk about taking care of yourself first a little bit more in the next podcast. But let's get back to where we left off on the last podcast. We were finishing up the blueprint of hypnosis. So let's finish up the blueprint of hypnosis. I think we gave some wonderful information. I've listened to that podcast a few times. Yes. And I've even learned some new things from just See, our just conversations. Yes. Right. Yeah, things that I didn't pick up on before. We had two more parts of the blueprint to cover. And one is what I will just call alternative methods or alternative portions of hypnosis. And it's a metaphor is one of them. Safe place, parts approval or parts therapy, anchoring, and inner child work. Mm -hmm. So those are just a few different things that aren't necessarily in every hypnotist's process but they are always there to be used and different people identify with them in different ways. So I just wanted to touch on those real quickly. Metaphors. We kind of talked a little bit about when you give a suggestion, you can do indirect or direct. You can use a story. You can tell them when you open that fridge, you will no longer feel hungry as a suggestion. And I'm, I'm being very, this is not well thought out. So just work with me on this. Or you could tell them a story of, when the person opened the cabinet, he felt so energized and so healthy that he went outside for a run or something like that. It mm -hmm. might be a very bad example. It's a very pedestrian example. But you, you know what I mean. So you can tell someone, you have to get rid of this bad habit, whatever it is. Or you can tell them a story about sometimes when we grow our garden, and even though those tomatoes look beautiful, the weeds around there grow too, and we have to take those weeds away. And that might be a metaphor to get rid of the bad habit and let the, the good garden grow. And, and the subconscious mind might connect with that. Metaphors can work in so many different ways because the subconscious can pick up on things that the conscious mind might not identify with. The subconscious mind might identify with some of the story. Well, the subconscious mind, I think, lives with metaphors. Mm -hmm. You know, we see this example in dreams. The symbolism of dreams probably are many, many metaphors that might exist if we think about a person dreaming about... I had a dream last night. I was at a, a gathering of a family that I know, but none of those people were really in the family. But I know it was that family. So the metaphor in that one probably was nothing more than the representation of the people in my dream to represent the people in the family that I thought the dream was about. So I, I think metaphors are excellent for me. You know, it's it's just using an example. It's like almost like telling a story. I, I think I use metaphors throughout my hypnosis because I think people understand more a metaphor than they might understand, and you're not going to be hungry when you open that fridge. That was the style of hypnosis when I trained. It was m consisted of negative suggestions, and it was consisted of direct suggestions, but I think our society has evolved into a very highly intelligent society. And, and I want to mention also, that was on my mind as you were speaking about the different examples you just mentioned, I see the future of hypnosis with some people being general practitioners like you or I might be, and some people becoming specialists. As I've gone through my own journey of healing, it was, it's been interesting to meet specialists, a kidney specialist, a heart specialist, mm -hmm. a, a brain specialist. And, a, and as you meet these people who are specialists, I know they probably know a lot about other medicines as well, but they decided to work only like, say, Dr. Funda Khan will move her directions to inner child. 
She mm-hmm. loves working on her child. And somebody else might maybe use only metaphors. I think about Karen Hand, if you know Karen yeah. Hand. She lives by metaphors, you know. Yeah. So uh, everybody has a style, and eventually I think that style says, you know, this works, I'm going to keep using it. Dr. Funda Khan is a hypnotist here. Mm-hmm. She is amazing. She mm-hmm. works with EFT mm-hmm. and inner child work. The first time I did the inner child work with her, it was amazing, an amazing, amazing. experience. And I had a really cool experience uh, that I didn't understand at first, and I, it took me a while to get to it, to get to the meaning of it, and then I got it. Yeah. I got it. So it's it's great, and it, it's really it forces you to look inside and to find things about yourself. And it's basically you go to a safe place. Let's talk about inner child a little bit. What inner child work is is you usually go to a safe place, mm-hmm. and you bring in your subconscious mind, which is at the level of understanding of a seven-year-old, a very emotional. So it's the inner mm-hmm. child is the subconscious mind. So you bring the subconscious mind, and you can bring the ego, and you can bring the conscious mind or other parts, which inner child work kind of connects with um, parts therapy a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. And then you confirm whatever your goal is with the different parts of you, or you try to find out where the problem began or whatever the habit or problem that your issue that you're trying to resolve began. And then you get the information from the different parts of you. Mm-hmm. Good. Good explanation. I couldn't have done it better, and I bet you Dr. Funda Khan will be so proud of you. <laughs> and the subconscious, but, yeah, right? We always talk yeah. about the subconscious. Every yeah. memory that we have. From birth. From birth on. that We don't even know Maybe we before have. birth. Maybe before birth. I had some before birth. Yes. Yeah. I... I remember some very, very early memories, and I bring them up to my mother, and she's like, oh, I can't believe you remember that, as you were so young. And some people say, oh, it's not a real memory. You've heard these stories from family members or pictures or videos. They like to downplay the abilities that we do have. Mm -hmm. I do think we have memories that pop up occasionally from an infantile time. For sure. I'm sure that your son Craig is going to have... time moving on and he won't have some memories and then all of a sudden he'll have glimpses of today. So I think that we do have those. I have a memory. I might have been two, three years old and I can remember it very vividly and sitting on my mother's lap and she had her coat wrapped around me. We probably didn't have any heat or something and I could remember that. But you see the love and the nurturing of what that was about caused me to anchor the feeling like hearing a song play. It's tied into emotion. Tied yeah. into emotion. And sometimes it's tied into a tragic event too. Or Yeah, I had many. You know, we've talked about Diana Barrar. I just uh, met with her Sunday. Diana's been doing hypnosis a long time the longest-running female hypnotist in the country mm-hmm. that I know of since 1970, 71. We kind of grew up together, you might say, because we were fortunate enough to meet up with this physician who started training us in his methods, the electronics and so on, and other methods. He was so advanced. He was so advanced in, in reading body language and things. But I think about, as I mentioned, Diana, that she did many inner child works, which was not called inner child work in 1972, 75, like that. It was called, just called regressions. And there were so many experiences that were holding me back from being successful that she gradually unlocked and gradually relieved and released. And uh, I look back and I say, thank you for that, because that inner child work is dynamic to release the blocks and, and you mentioned regression. That's one I didn't mention, but that's another process of hypnosis mm-hmm. that you can use also. Regression, there's past life regression where you take mm-hmm. someone back through to a past life and whether the past life is a real memory or whether it's a construct in the mind to explain something to the person, it doesn't matter because it worked. I've done past life regression and I'm raised Catholic and I don't necessarily, I didn't believe in past lives. But seeing how it works, it works. It works. So, so let's pretend like it's not real. Mm-hmm. Let's be the devil's advocate. And you go back in time. You know, in another life, I was a shoemaker. That was through uh, Sandy DeLaghi's course. Sounds like we're doing a lot of commercials today. That's okay. They're all great people. So she would do the quick little regressions in her class, and you go back to your last previous life, and I was a shoemaker. So maybe this is just a crock, Craig. Maybe, maybe there's no such thing as a past life. But the subconscious mind is who's speaking. It's not 
we say, what's my, my imagination? Well, your imagination is a subconscious mind. You know, I, I, you know, I probably have read almost every book that we have in our library at one time or another, and I always remember one that said, regressions are just made up. It's just nothing more than your imagination. Duh. Mm-hmm. So is our subconscious mind. And Everything is imagination. Right. Yeah. And, and I think back about being a shoemaker. And, and the story of that is interesting because I have a real affinity to nice shoes. I like nice shoes. And I like to find shoes that nobody else has, something different, something unique. And for, for that, I say, maybe because I was a shoemaker in another life. I don't know. I'm afraid of heights. And the experience that I had was, okay, ask a question uh, that you want answered. So my question was, why am I afraid of heights? And then I go through this hypnosis process, right? Hypnotic rhythm. And you get to this relaxed state, and then you kind of regress back. My question was to ask myself, why am I afraid of heights? And I had a vision of me being in a big building, and it was very Art Deco, so I'm thinking 1920s. I had suspenders on, you know, nice suit, so I'm thinking Wall Street kind of thing. And I don't know if someone came down through the window, like fell through the window that I was looking through, or if I just had that feeling like I did, or whatever it was. It was something that I tied into like the 1920s, the stock market crash and how people were jumping out windows because they were losing all their money. And I experienced that in this hypnotic session. Is that real? That I really have a past life like that? Or is it just stories and movies and things compiled together that are compiled together rather that led me to believe this. Either way, it answered the question of why I was afraid of heights. I'm afraid of falling, right? I'm afraid of either me or someone falling and smashing into the ground. So it's helpful, whether it's a construct in our mind or whether it is a real existing thing, it doesn't matter. And did that experience release the fear of heights? It made it a little easier to deal with. Mm-hmm. I'm still afraid of heights. I, and when I say afraid... I'm still uncomfortable. I'm uncomfortable, yeah. And I am. It's not fair because I do go up to high places. Mm-hmm. I make myself go up to the high mm-hmm. places. I still get a little shaky up there, but mm-hmm. I understand why. So I just take that slow, deep breath, get control back, mm-hmm. and it's a lot easier to deal with when you know where it's coming from. Mm-hmm. So the story is excellent because, again, it doesn't matter if there is such a thing as reincarnation. That doesn't matter. What matters is your mind said, the reason I'm afraid of heights is because, and you tell me the story. So since the story comes out of your mind, who am I to say, well, I don't believe in that stuff, and that's, that's not real, and, and that's not fair. Right? I was a very big skeptic of it, and I still don't know if I necessarily identify with this is real or not real, but I do understand that it works. It is a tool. So why look at it in any other way than a working tool? It, it may not work for everyone. Some right. people work for it. So we were, we were talking about metaphors, and we're jumping around a little bit. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> we were talking about metaphors, and you said that that's a great way to, to bring someone a suggestion is through a metaphor. Mm-hmm. Metaphors might not work for everyone. No. There are some people who are like, hey, let's get this done. Let's go through it. They might not want to sit through a whole story. So a mm-hmm. story, you might lose their attention, and they'll start mm-hmm. thinking, oh, this is not a good experience. So those are the people that you wouldn't want to use a metaphor with. Good. Good. My mind flashed as soon as you said that for the hypnotists that are listening to our podcast, and I say... Yeah, all these hypnotists say, oh, that's the Ericksonian method, telling stories. No, it happens to be the Craig's method or the Larry's method. This is just what we put together that works. So the idea is that Erickson did get stuck Mm -hmm. in stories a lot. And so the issue is that, right, some people don't need stories. Some people need the real stuff. Some people need to hear what is it really like. I just did one like that uh, last night. It was a recording I made for somebody that I met over the phone through a client that comes here, and he's in another state. And he didn't need to hear stories because he's too logical. He's too exact. Just tell me what I need to do and how I need to feel. And so that worked better for him. Yeah. Some people need direct. Some people need metaphors. As we said many times, there's so many different processes of hypnosis Mm -hmm. that you find the one that works for you. You identify with the hypnotist that you identify with, and you work well with that person. And the more knowledge that you have of these different processes, you can ask a hypnotist, well, do you work with inner child stuff? Most people have that kind of stuff on their website, their process, Mm -hmm. and the way they do it. 
But before we get too lost here, because we're already over time on this segment, let's really talk about Safe Place real quick, just briefly. We talked a little bit about that. That's really tied into inner child, but I don't use inner child work so much, but I use a safe place where you just take yourself to this relaxed place. It can be real or it can be contrived, and you experience the emotion that you want to experience to resolve the issue that you have. If it's uh, smoking, you go to this safe place and... Maybe it's a beach and you feel yourself on this beach so calm and so relaxed. It has to be a place that will calm you and relax you, not some place that brings up any negative thoughts. And then you experience the joy and the emotions of being smoke-free, of accomplishing that goal, of taking that slow, deep breath in and being so healthy and not wanting a cigarette, not needing a cigarette, not having that nicotine in your body. And you experience it like that and it builds an anchor something that you can tie into and that's one of the processes I use good good I was listening to you I was, I was thinking as you were speaking my mind gets carried away when you when people speak I go on a trip mm-hmm. and my trip is where they're telling me you're telling me about being on the beach of course my safe place as you know is in the woods I like the woods quiet peaceful the trees are nice insulators they throw out tons of oxygen easy to breathe and that's where I like, and you have also incorporated now, background sounds. Yes. So if you get a real logical person, and this logical person wants to quit smoking or whatever the title might be, you know, eventually there'll be no more smokers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. There'll be vapors. The yeah, smokers are going vapors are going vapors. Uh, so imagine yourself on this imaginary beach. First, we need to find out they're not afraid of water or they're not allergic to the sun. Right, the, the client has yeah, a great... The pre-talk is magical for finding out what people like or don't like. True. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, and so they're on this imaginary beach, and now you take some background sounds and you throw in shh, shh. And as the waves come in, their imagination now is accentuated with the sound of the waves. Now they might even see it as a very logical person. I like to speak in the language that the client speaks. So if they're visual, speak visual. If they're kinesthetic, speak about feelings. If they're auditory, speak about hearing me. Mm -hmm. Uh, But the real issue is use the language. And when you mention all the things you mentioned, I say those are all languages or elements of hypnosis that will work. So my feelings are is that I will probably always be what we'll call a general practitioner or primary care now they call it. Primary care, they change the name. Uh, because I like to work with everything. Mm-hmm. I love working with anything that comes my way. And I love sitting and spending time talking to this person during a pre-talk so that everybody knows the pre-talks become valuable. I think we mentioned last month, uh, pre-talk wasn't even mentioned 20 years ago. You never heard that phrase, pre-talk. Right. That, that was unheard of. Some people never even did pre-talk. They say, okay, close your eyes. Whoa, wait a minute. What are we going to do here? So I think that we need to have some kind of explanation as well as some dialogue and interaction so we could learn who this person is and what kind of language will we choose. That comes the success you have and I have. In fact, I'm going to brag about this office and say the Garrett Wellness Center has the greatest of hypnotists. They are all successful. And I don't think everybody could say that. You know, people say, well, how do I know hypnosis will work? Well, how do you know the mechanic's going to fix your car? Because he or she has been working on many cars and they've learned what doesn't work and they don't use that anymore. So the hypnotherapists that we have here have had great experiences, great years of experience, great movement with failure and success. And every time we have a failure, we know what not to do. As I look into your eyes as you're saying this, it brings back the analogy that you use of the airplane pilot. You never get on an airplane and the pilot says, okay, we're going to try and land this thing after we take off, right? I hope hope we could land it. Right, let's we're going to do this. Let's see if we could get you to quit smoking. Whoa, you have just lost that success factor. Right. We're going to leave it right there for right now. We're going to take a quick break, get you some information, take some deep breaths, recenter yourself. We're going to do the same, and we'll be right back with talking about immersions, closings, and then what you can do to make your hypnosis session amazing after the session. We'll be right back with you. Change your rhythm. Change your life. Hypnotic Rhythm Podcast.
If you're enjoying this podcast, we hope that you will like it, follow it, subscribe to it on whatever platform that you are listening to us on. More importantly than that, if you know someone in your life who may benefit from hypnosis, we hope that you will share it with them. If you have any questions about the topics that we cover, the discussions that we have, or if you would like us to include a discussion on a specific topic in a future podcast, please contact us and let us know. We always try to link our contacts into the show notes, or you can find us at thegarrettwellnesscenter.com, G-A-R-R-E-T-T, wellnesscenter.com, under the practitioners page. We love to hear your comments, your notes, your thoughts, and we would love to know about anything that you would like us to discuss. So please don't be shy and drop us a line. If you are in the Chicagoland area and you are interested in experiencing hypnosis to make some wonderful positive changes into your life, please visit thegarrettwellnesscenter.com. You can visit the practitioner's page. Find someone that you're comfortable with, someone that you think you identify with. We hope that you will come by and see us. We know that hypnosis can change your life. And again, if there's someone else in your life that you think will benefit from hypnosis, please introduce them to hypnosis. It can really make some wonderful positive changes. So come by and see us at the Garrett Wellness Center to change your rhythm and to change your life. If you're not in the Chicagoland area, but you are interested in making some wonderful changes in your life by using hypnosis, go to NGH.net. That's the National Guild of Hypnotists, NGH.net, and go to the Practitioners Near You page. Find someone who is certified by the NGH, who you feel comfortable with, who fits your type of personality, and start to make those improvements with hypnosis. Change your rhythm. Change your life. Hypnotic Rhythm Podcast. Welcome back. We hope that you took some deep breaths. We hope that you recentered yourself. We surely did. We are here at the Garrett Wellness Center on the north side of the wonderful city of Chicago, coming to you from the Hypnotic Rhythm Podcast Studio. <laughs> we are going to talk now about closings or immersions and this is the last part of the process of hypnosis do you want to talk a little bit about that larry yeah i think it's the most important part is maybe i you know i forget what podcast we did and what we didn't do but yesterday i got i got a note from a guy in japan who's a stage hypnotist and he wanted to know if i could give him some pointers on successful stage hypnosis so I wrote the article. Which was part of your life. You did stage hypnosis yeah. for... 15 years. 15 years. Yeah. I think you talked about it on another podcast. Yeah, I made a lot of money. And it was good. But Lucifer's Den? Lucifer. Lucifer's Den was the first place yes. I ever worked. All right. It was a club on Milwaukee Avenue in Oakton. And he said, if you could hypnotize me, you got the job. So I hypnotized him. We had uh, Polaroids then. And we put him across two chairs. He was a big guy, too took a picture of him, put him back down, he opened his eyes, he says, see, I told you you can't hypnotize me, and then we showed him the photo, of course, and I got the job. You talk about emerging or closing, and uh, the, way, the conclusion of hypnosis is so significant to me. And the significance come from an experience that I had at Lucifer's Den. I remember it well, you know, when you screw up, you seem to remember it for some reason. And our mistakes make us good. Mm-hmm. And this was the greatest mistake I had ever made, and that was that I've always worked with what's called selective amnesia. And selective amnesia was to teach the person to forget the urges to smoke that cigarette, to teach the person to forget the anxiety of that exam they have coming up. So you don't have them forget the substance, you have them forget the feelings. You have to word that carefully, because you don't want them to forget what you told them. And that's what happened in the experience I had. I said, on the count of three, you'll open your eyes, and you'll be stuck to the chair when you open your eyes. On the count of three, remembering nothing. One, two, three, and they all stood up. I was so embarrassed. And they all stood up remembering nothing. Remembering nothing. Nothing that you've suggested to them. So fortunately, I used to record those. I think I gave you. Didn't I give you a recording? What else? 1972 or something. I did an old one anyway. Actually, older than that. And fortunately, I recorded, so I heard that. And I said, wow never did it again. So speak about it clinically now. So the clients all finished being hypnotized by your needs. And now you're ready to bring them out of the hypnosis. So some training, say emergence, 
So I learned the word closing. The reason I learned closing was to close in everything that I've said to them. So we're going to close the session up, close in everything I've said to them. And when I reach the number five and you open your eyes and you're going to follow all my suggestions, feeling great. But I have a lot of other things that I throw in there with it. My conclusions or closings or emergence might take five minutes. Mm-hmm. It took me an hour to get them there. I shouldn't snap my fingers and say, open your eyes, wide awake. Some people do. Yes. And <laughs> some people do. So we really want to be gentle. We want to caress this person into awakening. We don't want them to snap those eyes open. So to me, that anchors everything you've done. And my skills in stage hypnosis are so useful in clinical hypnosis that the main thing in stage hypnosis is waking suggestions. It's no big deal if the person's sitting there with their eyes closed and say you're stuck to the chair. And they're, uh. The big deal is they open their eyes and they go to stand up and they can't get up. That's called a waking suggestion. So waking suggestions to me have become pertinent to success like this. And on the count of five, you open your eyes, blah, blah, whatever I'm going to say, and you won't, won't have an urge to smoke that cigarette since we keep talking about smoking. You won't have an urge. So that's easy to do because urges are the subjective issue you're creating the amnesia for. So the first thing I say is, how you doing? I'm doing okay. You can see already their mind is calculating some logic to come in that it didn't work. We titled this podcast Hypnotic Rhythm because in hypnosis there's that rhythm. You hear me and then you don't. You come back and hear me. So it's a rhythm. It looks like a sine wave when you draw it. So the person opens their eyes, and they're lying there in this awake state called waking state of hypnosis. You wouldn't want to go uh, get in a car now and drive right away. Let's slow down a little bit here. Now your magic can occur. Can I just interrupt you just for a second, just to use an example. For people who've never experienced hypnosis before but have experienced massage, it's much like you're getting up from a massage. You're kind of drowsy. Good. Your body just feels relaxed. It feels loose and just you're not all there. You're kind of foggy. Think of that. Good. I hypnotized somebody who had a very tight neck, and she said it was a pinched nerve. When we were through, there was no pinched nerve. Mm -hmm. Because as we both know, massage and hypnosis are similar because you're relaxing the body. If you do progressive relaxation, you're relaxing each part of the body. If you do um, stories, you're relaxing the mind so that the body relaxes. So concluding though, when the person opens their eyes, you've got all kinds of games you could play. Because their wheels are turning to contradict success. The person who's been hypnotized the first time does have those feelings. But they don't know it's part of the hypnosis yet. Well, I don't think I was hypnotized because I heard everything you said. Well, they didn't. If you work with amnesia, they didn't hear everything. Well, they heard, but they didn't remember it. Well, do you remember when I said on the count of three, lift your finger? Uh, No. Well, there you go. So you don't remember that. Do you remember when I said to you, uh, you can hear my words, but you won't remember what I'm saying? Uh, no, what? Yeah. so I'm starting to talk to them. I says, and notice that it's difficult. I don't say you can't because can't is like you can't think of the elephant. Mm-hmm. Notice it's difficult to feel the urge to have a cigarette. And you can see their eyes darting around because they're looking for that urge, visually looking. I said, well, I could have one. Yes, you could have one. But when you came in, you couldn't say, I could have one, but I don't have an urge. Now you don't have an urge, and you could have one. So, yes, you could. You could walk out here and light a cigarette, but why would you waste your time, effort, money, and my time going through this if you could? So I like to bust the cynical or negative or logical individual who gives me a difficult time in the closing or the emergence. Because the want is the logical part is the conscious part that's the controlled part you can control that the need is the subconscious part and yeah. that's the part we take care of right. with hypnosis the need right. good so, wording you create a habit into a choice yes that's mm-hmm. perfectly said yeah. with the closing and i like to use the word closing the term closing as well because i say we close the mind having removed if it's uh, for eating or, or a bad habit we have removed the urges to open up that fridge and we have removed the cravings to have that uh, late night snack whatever it might be and we close the mind having removed those urges and cravings mm-hmm. we close the mind having put in these wonderful suggestions that you've created for yourself Those are good. Let's do a little dissecting here. And this need has a subjective type of energy that I spoke of earlier. And this energy is what causes a person to not have the control. 
this energy is much like a reflex. So if I take this item and I throw it at you, you duck. And if I say to you, I promise I won't throw it, but you still duck if I pretend like I'm going to throw it. Now, why are you ducking? I told you I won't throw it. But I think this little reflex is what causes us to need the cigarette or the habit. And the hypnosis communicates to the part of you that ducks when I tell you I won't throw it. Mm-hmm. It's a reflex. And it's minute. It's deep. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it's from it's a feeling, an emotion connected to an experience, right? Try, try explaining it, though. I mean, I just attempted to, mm-hmm. yet we all know that feeling. It's exactly yeah. what you said. It's hard to explain because yeah. I trust you're not going to throw it at me, but there's a part of me that has experienced in the past that you did throw it at me. And that's a very pedestrian example. Yes. But imagine if it's something like that that has been built into you for years and years and years over your life. Mm-hmm. You need this because of this. You have this because of this. You feel this because of this. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes we don't even realize what the underlying yeah. issue yeah. is. You don't. You don't. Hypnosis is like electricity. You can't see it, but you could feel it if you touch it. And so then when I think about what you were saying about this need and this desire and this feeling of it and throwing the pen, the analogy of throwing something in the ducking, I just sat back as you were speaking, put my hands behind my head, which is a posture of mine I wear a lot. I just wear it a lot. I'm not sure why or how, but often I've taken my hands to reach up to the back of my head and the client would duck. Really? Yeah. Oh. What do you think? Why? Something happened at some point. <laughs> Somebody raised their hand? Yeah. I mean, I, I, could, I, I don't, it's not like I move slow and I move my hands up to my head. I, like this and and as I go with my hands up because I'm getting excited I get excited and my body moves around when I get excited and and they duck huh yeah watch there's some underlying current there for sure maybe they were abused I don't know if we mentioned that in the podcast but Mike Tyson we were talking about how athletes use hypnosis and this is kind of off subject but I just thought of it athletes use hypnosis to improve their skills to get into that mindset you were talking about bodybuilders a little while ago Mm. a lot of professional athletes use that mike tyson was hypnotized and in a way that you and i probably wouldn't do it like he was hypnotized to believe i'm a beast i'm a i'm a but but he believed it he they create the hypnotist created a belief system that he was a beast yes so now he lost his fears of being hurt or lost his fears Mm -hmm. of not being strong and he was good right it also takes talent. You can, I couldn't get hypnotized yeah. and believe I'm a beast and go in there and fight Mike Tyson even today. No, but if this was your goal, yes. you might. You know, there's a great book written in the late 60s called The Intimate Case Histories of a Hypnotist, Arthur Allen. And he was a stage hypnotist, and he lists many celebrities who came to him to be hypnotized or he hypnotized them on stage. And, and I often think about those stories, how valuable some of those stories were that these celebrities had been hypnotized. Do you know Eric Soderholm? I do not. He was a first baseman for the White Sox, and he used hypnosis. And he has a wellness center in Western Springs called Eric Soderhaus. Okay. And he has a hypnosis. He has massage. He has much like what the Garrett Wellness Center has. Really a nice place, beautiful place, nice piece, nice setting. He talks about how he was hypnotized as a baseball first baseman. So it works. This stuff is real-world stuff. Athletes, a lot of special service Navy SEALs and uh, Army Rangers, they use hypnosis and they use breathing techniques. Yes. So it's Mm. real-world stuff. This isn't hippy-dippy, make-believe stuff. No. It really works. And that's what we need. That's what our podcast is about, is educating the listener that hypnosis has a connotation that's uncomfortable because of movies and things like this. But let's not call it hypnosis for a moment, and let's call it the ability to reach inside of the part of the mind that feels. So let's go back to Tyson. If I don't feel strong and I don't feel confident, if I could reach inside of the part of the mind that feels and communicate to it somehow, I will. So let's speak about how many people communicate the negative. How come we feel so confident about not doing well? That's good wording. Mm -hmm. I can't do that. We feel that. And yet, 
why can't we feel just as confident about I can do it? You know, Larry, I've said it before and I'll say it again. If you think you can or if you think you can't, you're right. Mm-hmm. But if you feel you can, you will. You will. That's my new I, phrase. I'm going to use that. Be, that's going to be Craig Pesek's quote. So we were talking about uh, movies and how it has a negative hip, a negative image of hypnosis in movies and things in the past. And on the last podcast, you referenced this hypnotic eye hypnotic eye movie poster that's over my my shoulder here that you're looking at and i actually went and and looked at did you watch the movie movie? i didn't watch the whole thing i just watched i found a a preview a preview of it and i was like wow no no wonder people thought hypnosis was a bad thing when movies like this were coming out about it so it was it was yeah that was that was kind of a rough movie yeah there was another one i can't recall it and that was more modern and Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I ever shared the story. I have another story, and that is some people contacted me about making a movie out of my book. Yes. Well, how exciting that was. So they came to Chicago to find a hypnotist that would be a consultant for their movie as a hypnotist who was hypnotizing people to go out and kill people. That's what they wanted. Like a Jason Bourne kind of character. Yeah. Yeah. And that's kind of what this hypnotic right. eye is that's about. Right. Yeah. And and the producer of the movie, uh, he makes many of these horror films. That's his style. He makes horror films. So he was on, into making a movie of, of hypnotizing people to kill people. He said, well, I don't do that. So we began to connect. And then I connected with his partner, and that was on the phone, and after talking to her about a half hour on the phone, she flew to Chicago because now she wanted to make a movie on healing the enemy. So the idea is that sometimes it's just a matter of enlightening a person that hypnosis isn't about bad stuff at all. Hypnosis is beautiful. It's peaceful. It's a safe place. How's that? Hypnosis itself is a safe place. So when we are hypnotized, we are in a safe place. And it's a powerful tool to improve yourself in so many different ways. Right. And just like you said, this negative connotation, I'm actually looking, I think there's a movie called Trance. One of those movies that Movies about hypnosis. But it's not negative. It's positive in some regards, but then it takes it to like a new extreme. He's hypnotized to forget things that he shouldn't forget. Mm -hmm. But check out Trance. It's a... Yeah, Trance was another one. The one I'm thinking about, I can't remember, but I do remember like she would rub her finger around the cup and he would go into hypnosis see hypnosis works in many ways so whenever she'd start rubbing her fingers all of a sudden you see this guy get glassy eyed his eyes are closed his head drops over just from rubbing a cup my first technique of hypnosis was to touch a person's forehead see and all these things lead into the same thing it's anticipation Mm -hmm. so my technique that i learned in my first class when i touch your forehead on the count of three your eyes will close and you'll be deep relaxed and deep asleep they used to call it then there was no sleep but mm-hmm. they'd say that see how we confuse people it's confusing but it's also trying to create a way to explain things in, in a way that they'd understand in their own connotation yeah. you know it, right it's not sleep and it's not awakening it's not really an emergence it's what do you use to explain it? it's not really hypnosis hypnosis is greek for sleep then. and he realized uh, that he made a mistake right away um, so yeah uh, james braid named it hypnosis because people look like they were sleeping when they were hypnotized so if they look like they were sleeping then they must be sleeping but they're not sleeping yeah it's just a way to explain it yeah. and it's interesting that it was less than a year later if i recall history that he attempted to change the name and had caught on so fast that he couldn't change the name just like mesmerization right mesmer. yeah mesmer yeah. well that was animal magnetism while he was alive then when he died they call it mesmerizing mm-hmm. isn't that interesting they won't give somebody the credit while they're alive <laughs> <laughs> i'm getting credit i'm getting credit for the a quote whether you think you can or think you can't you're right but when you feel you can you, you will. will. That's right. a good one. We'll remember that. That's yeah. a Craig Peshek quote. We're going to put that down. I like uh, it. With the assistance of Larry Garrett. Yeah, I like <laughs> it, really. And that's another thing. I always like to show a person in some way, show them, meaning lead them, what they're capable of. Because mm-hmm. I think I've shared with you over the years, when I sit with a client at my desk and I talk to them, I know who they could be. I know what they can do because they're telling me where they come from. It's just a matter of removing things. Removing those obstacles, getting these obstacles and the blocks out of their head so that you can get them into the right place. That's yes, it. so so sometimes you just see. You just talk to a person and, and you can see. Like uh, I'll give you a great example. Mike 
our handyman here. Mike is great. He's been with me about 22 years. When Mike started with me, he said, well, you know, I can't do many things. That gave me a clue that he could do anything. Now, how did I get that out of I can't do many things? What are many things? See, we have to listen to the language. Well, Mike today, there is nothing he can't do. About a year ago, he said, well, I'm not good at air conditioners. Whoa, that sure became a lot of things. If he's not good at air conditioners, is he good at refrigerators? Is he good at stoves? Is he good at lights? Is he good? Yes, yes. And now he's good at air conditioners, by the way. <laughs> Whether you think you can or they think you can, dot, dot, dot. So we've spoken, uh, we've kind of finished up on the blueprint of hypnosis. We talked about the, the other different pro processes that some hypnotists use, whether it be parts therapy, metaphors, approval, anchoring, things like that. And then we've spoken of the closing. So let's really quickly, because we're running out of time, imagine that. Larry and Craig have spoken too much. Let's give some ideas to the client who has just experienced hypnosis for the first time, what they can do to strengthen the hypnosis. The main thing we talk about is self-hypnosis, doing self-hypnosis or guided hypnosis. When you come here, you get tapes, you get recordings, MP3s. Whether it's Amazing how long tapes have been gone, but yeah. we still use them. Still use the term <laughs> tapes, but you get recorded sessions mm -hmm. that you can use, you can listen to and use that as guided hypnosis. Yeah, I believe in those recordings a lot. It, it just reinforces, yeah. it yeah, makes it, it so strong. It. It's like we said yeah, earlier, yeah. you go to the gym and you have yeah. this great workout with yeah. your trainer. If you go home and you continue to do those exercises that yeah. he taught you over the next week, you're, the next time you see him, sure. you're going to have a bigger sure. base sure. for, I, for I the think, strength. Yeah, I think a recording is like buying a Bowflex or something. You know? It's like mm -hmm. having this machine at home yes. so you could go there and get your training and go home and you practice. But anyway, continue. We are not endorsing that. Bowflex. No. This is not an endorsement. <laughs> no. I just couldn't think of another one. I understand. Thing. I don't. I There's don't. also another one with the bike that's $2,000 or something. But yeah. uh, Good old fashioned workout. I've got, free weights I've, I've got my bike on a, on a little wheel thing, you know, and I can adjust it so it feels like I'm pedaling harder or something like that. And when know. winter in Chicago is over, you take that off the wheel thing that's and you right. take your bike out that's on right. the street. Same bike. Yeah. So let's talk about sleeping because everyone knows that sleep is good for you and it brings you energy and it yeah. takes away stress. But so many times we don't take advantage of the positive effects that sleep can have on us. Mm. And the negative effects are just, they beat us down. It takes away your energy. When you mm. have low energy, you're more likely to succumb to a bad habit. You're more likely to succumb to a bad mood, a fear, an anxiety, yeah. all because your energy yeah. is low. Sure, I have a great story about energy being low also besides just the bad habits and everything else. If you have any physical discomforts when your energies are low, they hurt more. You're more susceptible to feeling the pain. Let's say I have uh, fibromyalgia. Okay. My energy is already low from fibromyalgia, but when I don't sleep a lot, then it's going to hurt worse. Mm -hmm. uh, most physical discomforts called pain. I don't even like that word either. Pain mm -hmm. is like quit smoking or pain. Most of physical discomforts called pain are more severe when you're tired towards the end of the day. Ouch. Oh, my head's hurting me. Oh, my legs are hurting me. So I think that sleep is a necessity to have good sleep. Myself, I sleep well. I close my eyes within minutes. I'm sound asleep. And I wake up a couple of times a night. That's an old man thing, you know. You got to get up and pee a lot. Okay. But other than that, I go right back to sleep, right back to sleep, right back to sleep. So the idea is that we need to have the control to stop our mind from thinking. That's the skill hypnosis gives you. When you think, you're out of control. If I sit there as a student taking an exam and I attempt to start thinking, then the thinking is going to introduce anxiety. I don't need anxiety when taking an exam. When I lay down to go to sleep, I don't want to be thinking about who I should have called yesterday, who I should call tomorrow. We need to just relax, and hypnosis teaches us that. Yeah, and there's the rule. I think we've spoken about this before. Murphy mentions it in his book, Lacron, and in his book. Um, and even uh, Emil Kue mentioned it, reverse effect or reversed effort. Love There's reverse a effect, few different uh -huh. terms, that, that, but it's the same thing. Yes. The harder you try, the less result you'll have. That's right. Sometimes That's you right. just have to relax. You know, I, I've used it, because I come from a lot of older books, and I used to use that phrase a lot, the law of reverse effect. And somebody said to me, I read that in Murphy's book. I thought you were just making that phrase up. No, that's 
how I read it. And, mm-hmm. and it is. Don't think of the elephant. And you think of the elephant. Mm-hmm. Try to go to sleep. You won't go to sleep. So much of what you and I say here, you've lived this, you've experienced it for many years, but a lot of what we say comes from ideas from other people yes. that we've identified with and proven to be accurate or true in our practice. Mm-hmm. Even though we come up with some brilliant ideas, they're not all ours. Yes. They're usually compilations of others' ideas mm-hmm. that we've put together through practice and experience. They're proven to mm-hmm. us anyway. So sleep, use the recordings. Mm-hmm. Create that, strengthen mm-hmm. that base, right? Mm-hmm. Work those muscles, work that mind muscle, work mm-hmm. the hypnosis muscles. That's a new term. I'm going to use that too, hypnosis muscles, right? Yes. So work those by listening to the guided recordings if you have them. You can find guided recordings on YouTube, if you, on podcasts. There's thousands and thousands of other. I would not recommend that your first experience of hypnosis be a recorded generic episode. I would suggests that you have a personal experience with a good hypnotist that you identify with. And then you can go and you can use those recordings and things like that after you've learned a little bit how to do self-hypnosis. But to, to start out with a generic experience like that, it's not going to give you the full benefit of hypnosis. No, it, it won't. But it might introduce you to the feelings of what's possible. Mm-hmm. And I think about Lee Kron's book, uh, Self-Hypnotism, and he makes a statement. And he says, to do self-hypnosis, try this or try this, or try that, and if that doesn't work, find a hypnotist. It might have not been exact words, but really the, the truism is find somebody who could guide you. It's like if somebody gives you a piano for a gift, yeah, you could sit there and practice and play, and you might be able to learn how to play. Many people have learned without a lesson. But the real issue is if you go and take lessons, you'll know immediately how to play that instrument. And that's what we're dealing with here is the instrument called our mind. So go back over the checklist of things that can help you. Sleep, positive attitude. We're going to talk about some other things. So next episode is going to be our New Year's episode. Mm -hmm. And we're going to give you some ideas on how to live 2023 amazingly. We're going to get into self-hypnosis a little bit more. We're going to get into some manifestation and things like that. So some of the things we're mentioning here, we'll give you more detail on. But if you're listening to this podcast and you want more information on something, please email us. Let us know. Our contacts are at the Garrett Wellness Center. Every podcast has the the link to where you can go to get that information and tell us what you want us to talk about. If you think we're saying something wrong, let us know. We probably won't agree with you, but we'll mm-hmm. read it once. I think our website uh, has really been upgraded considerably. We even have EFT on there now. And uh, so that was uh, one of Fundo's requests. Can we put EFT? We never had EFT on our website. So I think if they just go to GarrettWellnessCenter.com. Emotional, emotional yeah, Freedom ahead. Technique. I yeah, just want to say EFT yeah. is. GarrettWellnessCenter.com. And that'll give you a lot of information. There's events there. There's therapists who we have, what they do, who they are. Mm-hmm. We mentioned the first Sunday. First if you Sunday. want to be involved in the mm-hmm. first Sunday that's the listed. Panel. Yeah, that's listed on there, how you can get involved in that. Send us your email. We'll send you some nice information. Yeah. No commercials, but, you know, that's what we have. Ah, we'll do some commercials. <laughs> hey, we have to tell people the positive things that, that happen with hypnosis. And I always say it's not really a commercial. If you want to experience this, this is a great, wonderful place to experience it. The mm-hmm. Garrett Wellness Center. It's a great place. It's, it's so many good people. And it doesn't have to be with Larry or I. There's different people who do things in different ways. Find someone you identify with. If you're not in the Chicago area, go somewhere else and find someone yes. and just experience it because it can really, really change your life. But yeah. we're getting ahead of ourselves. So I want to finish off this checklist. So make sure that you sleep well. Use the guided hypnosis. Stay away from negative people. You just did a one of your uh, YouTube videos on negative people. Mm-hmm. recently right right <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i have yeah i just did one on on financial success too but uh negative people i did do one and stayed away from negative people okay so uh, that's one of the things like stay away especially in the beginning if you're a smoker and your friends all smoke and you're trying to quit smoking it may not be the best idea to hang out with them that's right. It's just remove yourself from the situation for a little while until you can create the stronger yeah. base, right? Don't put yeah. yourself in the in the heart of temptation mm. when you're at the first stages of being smoke-free. Yeah. Right? Whether you're trying not to smoke or maybe you're trying to eat yeah. healthier, get into shape. The process of eating healthy doesn't start when you go to the fridge at midnight. The process of eating healthy starts the day before, two days before when you're at the store. Mm. Don't buy the chips. Don't buy the cigarettes. Don't buy the pop. Don't go shopping when you're hungry. Don't go, never go shopping when you're hungry. <laughs> You'll come home with too many bags. There's a truth 
to that, that don't put yourself in the situation mm. that is going to tempt you to have bring back this habit that you're trying to stop, whether it be smoking or eating or whatever the habit may be. That's definitely on the checklist. It's a good checklist. <laughs> I'm listening well. And then, of course, learn self-hypnosis, and we'll teach you self-hypnosis in the next mm. episode because that's one of the things that you yeah. can do. And self-hypnosis, it, it can be meditation. It can be centering. Mm-hmm. There's so many different yeah. ways that you can use the mind, get the mind to relax. I describe it like this. It's the feeling you have when you're just dozing off at night. The TV's on in the other room. You can hear the TV, but you can't make out what they're saying. That consciousness is what hypnosis feels like. And that can yeah. create and strengthen the base for the session that you've just had. Mm. So continue to practice yeah. that. And if you have a partner, I suggest this also because you're living with this person. Have them listen to our podcast. Have them hear some of these words of affirmations and positive feelings. Because we need to be with people who think similar to us. Mm-hmm. Remember a phrase our mothers used to use. Be careful who you hang around with. You get just like them. You're right. You hang out with good people, you're going to be a good person. That's right. I didn't have that on my checklist, but now you've just added something else. Listen to the Hypnotic Rhythm podcast, and that will definitely create a stronger base because you'll have a better understanding of hypnosis and and how it works and what to experience. I like the momentum we're creating. What is this, our third one, fourth one? It's five. Five, okay. I've lost something. (laughs) But I like this because we're moving along, and I'm getting nice responses from people that they're enjoying it. I mentioned that uh, Mary Rochelle was going to listen, and she thinks that you're going to become a celebrity with this. I am? Yeah, you are, yeah. As long as I'm a celebrity in her eyes. That's all that matters. (laughs) It's wonderful to create these conversations, to introduce people to this. This is the whole point of the podcast. Mm -hmm. We want to change lives. We spoke earlier, I think it was before the podcast, we spoke of how you want to plant as many seeds as you can. Mm -hmm. And over the years, on an individual basis, that's how you've done it. One person at a time, trying to make change. One person at a time. I often think about how many people I have gathered into the wisdom or understanding of the mind and how special that has been for me to know this. Mm -hmm. I'm one of the seeds you planted, right? Over Mm -hmm. 20-something years ago, you hypnotized Mm -hmm. me for the first time. I had a wonderful Mm -hmm. experience. It's changed my life, and now I'm trying to change other people's lives with it. I think most of your family actually have hypnotized as well. Can you hypnotize them to be nicer to me? Uh, no, see, my, that doesn't work like uh, that. That's not it. No, you're right. I love my family. No, they're, yeah. And they're I always right. joke, I had a great gift yesterday before I finish. I seldom ever have a family member. I've never had a family member come in here until yesterday. I've had my daughter-in-laws come and see me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yesterday I had my granddaughter. Mm-hmm. My granddaughter came to see me and I thought, what a gift. That means I've made it when you have a relative. Think about how many, yes. how many relatives would come and see you. I tell all my relatives all the time, I say, if you want to be hypnotized, go to Larry. That's <laughs> what I tell them. But you, you actually hypnotize your, your grandson, too. I met him one time here. Oh, yeah, that's right. About actually, a year ago, maybe yeah, a little longer. Yeah, and actually I hypnotized my son should, when I, he was younger. We, can we talk about this? Is that okay? We're not doing yeah. any hypnosis client privilege. They're your family, so yeah, it's okay. My family, We're not getting yeah. into any detail. Yeah, right. My When my son, who's my oldest son, he wouldn't be hypnotized now, but when he was about 12 years old, I hypnotized him to improve his sports. Mm-hmm. And I still have that newspaper with the headlines. Yeah, you told me about that. Yeah. Uh, and it lists the suburb he lived in, improves the sports with self-hypnosis. And that has to be 71 or 2. Okay. He was born in 60, so 71. I wasn't even a thought Yeah, back then. <laughs> <laughs> but I hypnotized my son. Right. I, yep, I, I, you sure have. Emil Kuwait. Well, you hypnotized my son before yeah, he was born. Before you, he was born. Yeah, you hypnotized my wife, and she gave birth without any drugs through hypnosis. There'll be another podcast. There'll be another hypnosis podcast. So many things to talk about. Yeah, and you actually you did a newscaster here in Chicago, right? Didn't you hypnotize a, a newscaster? Newscasters. But while mean? she was giving birth? Oh, yes, I sure did. Uh, Gail Sikovitz uh-huh. on Channel 5. Again. Yes, that was great. That was great. And it just went through the whole process of her giving birth and how she went through a lot of challenges and labor, but she came through it good. And this is not, we're not disclosing any private information. This no, was part was a, of it a was piece. A, it was on TV. Yeah, yeah, was, right. Right. yeah, right. Yeah, she's she's a great woman, right. yes. Emil her Kuwait. daughter, by the way, is much older now, too. The daughter that was born as part yes, of the process, right. 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 Uh, so Emil Kuwait even gives in his book, 1920s, 19-teens, where he wrote his book, he's the father of He's probably the father of auto-suggestion, right? Mm-hmm, that's right. Every that's day right. and every way I'm getting better and that's better. That's right. That was his quote. Yeah. And 
still used today. It was very, very popular. Yours will be used 20 years from now. I'm going to say that was Craig Feshek. But he, in Europe, he was very, very popular. In the mm. United States, not so much. But now we've adopted a lot of his techniques. Yes. I mean, all auto-suggestion, which is self-hypnosis yes, and, is. and positive thinking, yeah. kind of comes from his Yeah, teaching. auto-suggestion, I think, was a German version of self-hypnosis at one time. And, and uh, we just had different names for it. But right. auto-suggestion is... Mm -hmm. ourselves. Mm -hmm. So that's Emil Kuei, I was saying, he gives an example in his book, when your child is just starting to drift away, mm -hmm. you go in there and you give them some positive mm -hmm. feedback, some positive suggestions, mm -hmm. and just do it well. My son's three years old. Mm -hmm. So if you are responsible with this, it can benefit you so much. Sure could. We're going to close here. Do you have any final thoughts? On the last podcast, you gave that the pondering question of why don't we take care of ourselves first? Mm -hmm. Any really? pondering yeah. question? I'm putting you on the spot. Mm -hmm. I can hit pause and mm -hmm. and the listening audience won't even know. <laughs> and you can think of something that you might want to ponder. Yeah. Well, I just use this closing thought. Think of this. We become what we think about all day long. I like that one. That's a good one. I got that from Wayne Dyer. We become what we think about. So I have attempted to practice to think and think and think good thoughts, really. And I think it's kept me healthy, kept me well keeps me positive, keeps me successful. I don't know how any longer to think of a negative thought. Now, that might sound crazy because if we become what we think about all day long and we're 40 years old and we've been thinking negative things, boy, aren't you good at thinking negative things. Conversely, if you started today, just today, that every time you have a negative thought, negate it, cancel it, move on to a positive thought, all of a sudden you're going to find positive thinking coming your way. Awareness is the first step, becoming mm -hmm. aware of when those negative thoughts mm -hmm. come in. Larry, you are amazing. You are a gift to the world. Thank, Thank you. you for your wonderful sharing of your experience here. We will see you next time with a beautiful New Year podcast, Positive Things, all positive on how you can have a wonderful and amazing 2023. This has been the Hypnotic Rhythm Podcast. Thank you for listening. Have those positive thoughts and have a wonderful day. Thank you. You have been listening to Hypnotic Rhythm, the podcast about all things hypnosis. We'd love to hear your feedback, any comments, any questions that you might have. Please let us know. We are interested in what you think. This copyrighted podcast has been presented to you by the authority of the Intentionally Focused Mind, which has the right of approval of the host and is intended for the private use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or other use of this descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the expressed written consent of the Intentionally Focused Mind is strictly prohibited.